Hey there, I'm Ashley, and this is the New Day with Ashley podcast. If you're looking for inspiration from the people in your community that are making a difference, then you're in the right place. Get ready to be encouraged by the stories of my guests who have taken risks, overcome challenges, and created opportunities. It's time to make the most of your new day. Our youth today face many different obstacles that stem from generational poverty, but my friend, and soon to be yours, is helping lead the way to change. John Fisher is the Executive Director of Friends of the Children here in Fargo, North Dakota, and he's helping redefine youth mentoring to create lasting change. Hi, John. Welcome to New Day. So excited for you to be here. I am thrilled to be here. And it (laughs) is a new day. It is a new day. It's a great day because you're here, and you are truly one of my favorite people. Oh! You're so nice. I don't know if I can have many people in my life that say that. So that's really nice. <laughs> well, anyone that would know you would probably say oh, the same. You're very kind. Thank you. So, okay. The reason you're here, um, you're the executive director of Friends of the Children yes. here in Fargo. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell people a little bit about like your role and like who Friends of the Children is. Sure. So executive director, I used to make fun of that title because <laughs> I thought it was weird. It's like super important director. But then when I got into it, executive director work at a prior nonprofit, now friends, it really does fit because I don't direct any specific thing. I direct the whole thing. So what I do at Friends of the Children is, or what we do at Friends of the Children is we work it with children that are highly at risk of going into the foster care system or are already in the foster care system. We enroll them into our program. We have them referred to us, go through the process. We don't just start grabbing kids and saying, you need us. No, we go through a proper process, I promise. Um, Those children come into our program, and we commit to working with those children for their entire childhood, the whole time. And we have paid professional mentors. So this is a full-time job for the mentors that work for me. We call them friends. And they spend four hours a week with each child on their caseload. So if you can imagine growing up, you're in challenges, tough times, and you have someone that becomes an expert on you and is there, let's say you're in foster care. We've had this and they've gone from home to home to home. Well, everything has changed. Their caseworker has changed. They don't have connection with their bio parents. Their foster parents have changed. But what's the thing that's constant? Their friend is always there is go from place to place to place. So we do this work with them and our outcomes are just incredible. I started the nonprofit here in Fargo-Moorhead. The nonprofit has been around nationally for 25 years. I hope I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, no. I think that's what I saw when I was reading up on it too. And tell us a little bit more about that. Like that was kind of a risk that you had to take of like starting this new nonprofit here in our area. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you experienced some challenges with that also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's interesting, I would not describe myself as a risk taker. (laughs) I like my fears in life, top three, heights, spiders, put those together. I ain't going. And like finan- on a ladder. So, yeah. No, not doing that at all. And like financial like downfall and I'm the one that caused it in my family or something like that. My family. I right. know. Like these are my nightmares. It's weird. Anyways, I look back over my life and I really have had this flair for taking a risk. So it started in college when I was a, I think it was a sophomore in college. I saw the need in the community that we lived in. So I'm, I'm also a pastor. Yes. Probably throw that share in that. There. Yes. Okay. And um, uh, I saw the need in the community that I went to college for a youth group ministry for smaller churches that didn't have youth ministers or youth directors or youth volunteers. And so, I mean, I'm this sophomore idiot in college. And so I get my friends together. I'm like, 
we should do something about this. And so we started a ministry, got 501c3 status, raised money, built wow. a leadership team, built a volunteer structure. And we started a youth ministry that would travel around to local high schools. Usually in the evenings, we had small groups, we had worship gatherings, we did all this stuff with it. It was really neat. And I look back on that, I'm like, one, that anyone trusted me with anything is, <laughs> we need to check on these people. But then two, that I really see that as like something from the Lord that put it in me to take, see a need, figure it out, and take a step of faith to see what would happen. Right. Take a risk. Take a risk. Yeah, there we go. Take a risk. And so I did that for a couple of years. Long pause with, with that. I would, I'm looking over, like I was, I gravitated towards, again, in the ministry side of things, um, working with churches that were struggling or were new. And I just really saw this in me of there's a need, let's meet that need. And meeting that meet, need might need, mean taking a risk and starting something that's not there already. Right. And um, I go, I decide I want to get my master of divinity and did that process. And even that was, I went to this preview day and uh, they, I'm in this, this department that is all about missions. So missions, helping people overseas or helping people in the U.S. And they said, okay, if you want to go with the people, the overseas group, go over this with this professor. And if you want to go with the people in North America over here, everyone went to the overseas group, literally wow. out of like 60 people in the room. It was me and my <laughs> buddy who tagged my wingman who came with me just to be nice. And I'm like, well, I guess we're. I'm going over there because, like, one, I feel bad for him, and two, I'm kind of interested in this. And so, again, that was another one that I look at. My classes were a lot smaller. There weren't as many things for me to take because everyone was really interested in this one and not this one. All that come to getting out of seminary. My wife and I have an opportunity to go to Arizona, Japan, looking maybe even back to the southeast where I'm from, and it's almost like we threw a dart and hit North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, when the weather's like it has We're going been, where? Oh my gosh, Ashley. I go, like, I'll get in the car early in the morning. I work out early and I'll go, why am I here? I could live anywhere. Why am I here? <laughs> this place is awful. Been here what? since 2008. Yeah. And we love it. And you, yeah. And that was a risk. We have no family around here. Our closest family is in uh, Oklahoma, but they're about to move wow. to North Carolina. So, like, we have nobody around here. It's just us. So, we came up here in 2008 to start churches. Came up here, we were promised $1,000 a month, which, I mean, you know, that might sound like a lot to some people. That didn't get you very far. And some <laughs> and health insurance. And a growing family. And a right? growing family. Well, we found out day one we were here that we were pregnant with our first wow. kid. Day okay. one. The moving van is still loaded. Not, neither of us have jobs, and we know one family here. And we're like, okay, so we're going to start churches up here. Go through, go through that. I start to feel um, a calling as well into the nonprofit space during this time, as well as starting churches. And so risk number two, big one, I would say, <laughs> was starting churches. We started churches called Sojourn over from 2008 until just recently in 20, what year is it, 2022, 2021, um, we started three churches over that time frame. Wow. We've also merged churches over that time frame. And then the latest iteration is that we've merged uh, Sojourn with a church called Temple, and it's now called Journey. Risk number like... 30 on the list of risks. Wow. And in that process, started <laughs> Friends of the Children. So um, I, I took a risk. Am I, am I, am I You're good. It? Risk, risk, risk. Yeah. Let me say risk like 20 more times. Um, when, in You're going to get over it eventually. Am, risk. I hope so. Yeah. Right? You have. <laughs> um, see, it's funny. I'm very financially risk averse. Very risk averse in that. 
but there's a whole nother podcast on upbringing <laughs> that I could talk about with that one. Um, in 2015, I was uh, working at a nonprofit in town. I was a program director and I started to see the writing on the wall that some, the, the funder was going to pull the grant and the grant was like 95% of the funding for this organization. And there was really nothing we could do about it. So I started exploring, is there an opportunity to be an executive director? Well, I um, interview for a small nonprofit in time. It's called Charism or was called Charism. It's actually yeah. just right by the studio here, just two blocks away. Right. And um, I ran that. Well, the first day I get in, I'm talking to the to the board and to my um, predecessor. And I go, can I, let me see the, the finances. How are things? It was bad. Like, this is rule number one that I tell people now. Don't do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Look under the hood before you take the job, okay. especially when they're giving you the keys. But you did. You looked under. I well, I did day after day oh, one. After day, I'm one. like, look. Got it. Now I will say, with all honesty, yes. it wouldn't have changed anything, except I would have known what I walked into. Sure. And so, like, I saw that. I took off early my first day that afternoon, and I go and I sit in a coffee shop and I started crying. I'm like, what have I gotten my family into? Like, there is a problem here financially. They are really struggling. But then I said, I'm made for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Like, I had to make some hard decisions. We had to downsize the organization in our new fit. This was December of 15. Yeah, something like that. Uh, had to downsize the organization. Like, all the things you're not supposed to do when you take up an organization, <laughs> sweeping changes, I had to do those within the first two months. And I was, we turned it around. It yeah. was going in a good place. And then 2019, I have this opportunity to start this nonprofit in town, Friends of the Children. And I just fell in love with the, the long-term commitment that were made to kids, the deep impact of spending four hours a week. Like I had, I had mentors at my, at Charism, we couldn't spend 30 minutes to an hour and they would have caseloads of like 25 to 30. But then we have caseloads of eight children. And I even hate using the term caseloads, but that eight children, they get four hours of individualized attention. This is incredible. And so, so yeah, what was that point where you're like, I got to make the leap. Like now I've, I've built this other um, nonprofit up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, they're operating really well, mm-hmm. but was there, what was that moment? Man, it was, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in having coaches and mentors in your life. You have been yeah. a coach in like health to me, which my wife and I are about to do whole 30 in May. We're going to love it. <laughs> we'll chat. Yeah. The half and half that's in there. <laughs> Not going to be there not, anymore. Not okay. Nope, not okay. Not okay. I'll, you know, I, got, I offered you black coffee. I know you did. And I got sugar-free syrup in this too. And I was like, she's going to smell it and be like, John, what's your problem? <laughs> I know. No. Okay. No judgment. It's no judgment. I appreciate that. Um, but see, you even have that effect on me that you don't have to say anything. I'm like, <laughs> I, know. I know. She knows. Um, so that I would say that moment, uh, uh, having mentors in your life, people that, that really poured into you and- I, I have several, so I, at my church, we have an, an, a body of elders. These men are, they're mentors in my life. Oh, immensely. Like uh, one of them, he has been since 2008 when we first got here. He always is like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm, oh, yes, he is. <laughs> um, I, I had a, a good friend of mine. He actually ended up working for me at Charism, James. was a, And then oh. my board uh, president that was at Charism, Terry. And then, uh, of course, my wife. Well, these people were like, John. So the board president and someone that worked for me at Charism, yeah. that I, I was the face of the organization. I was the funding stream of the organization. Like the only reason that things were financially, not programmatically, I do not take any credit for that, financially was because of me. And when these people looked at me and said, this is a chance, John, you've got to take this. 
These kind of opportunities don't come along often. Take this opportunity. That was really so validating. Because, you know, when you're leaving something that you'd pour your heart and soul into, you feel like you're letting them down. And for those very people to look at me and say, you need to do it. And so I, I took that risk. And it's going great. We've gone from... We started the organization. We were about at um, just around $500,000 um, organization, and that was in 2019, July. Well, when you lo- our new fiscal year starts September 1, we're going to be over a million bucks is wow. probably more like 1.1, 1.2 when it's all said and done. And we're good for it. Like we are seeing the community is rallying around it. The, the need in the community is vast. I was just talking with my team members yesterday, and – we were looking at the number of children that have been referred to us that need the program and the number of slots we have available and the disparity is vast. And so we are going to yeah. be scaling up um, pretty aggressively for next year to help meet that need. Wow. It's That's really awesome. exciting. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like the perfect person for that role too. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. I really do. I, I had a friend ask me, they said, John, if you didn't work there, would you believe in it? And I didn't even, I mean, not right. not even just development guy talking. Absolutely. Like, there is nothing like this out there besides Friends of the Children. I mean, we commit to, so I we, we commit to their entire childhood. Mm-hmm. We enroll kids between the ages of four and six. Okay. That is the that's biggest nice uh, roadblock towards our program. And I don't even like saying roadblock, but that's like the narrowest part of our program. Because once the child is in. They're in. A, yeah. They're in. And we'll that's do it. everything. Yeah. Like, we... I mean, it, so four and six, because we spend 12 plus years with each child. So wow. our our um, tagline or our mission statement is breaking cycles of generational poverty one child at a time for 12 plus years, no matter what. And I love that no matter what. Like yeah. when I look at these kiddos and we're enrolling one and I look at these families, that is, that's what people ask me what keeps me up at night is that I make 12 year commitments to these children, which is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm but it, it is an immense pressure on the person that's raising the money for that because, and I, I look at my staff and I look at their families and I go, they're relying on me to do my job. So John, you're having a bad day. Suck it up cupcake. Like <laughs> you got people that need you. Right. So I really do love it. It's a good place. Yeah. And I'm so passionate about like just sharing like this story. And, you know, I know there's other people that are probably, you know, have been in similar positions of, you know, here's an opportunity, um, you know, but there's all these challenges that come with this. So is there like a piece of advice or words of encouragement that you could be like, hey, do this, um, you know, and just take charge of making a, a new day mm. your own? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, a couple of them. One of them might actually be counterintuitive to the whole reason of this podcast. So <laughs> forgive me and edit this out if you'd like. <laughs> but I'll say the first one is I'm a goals guy. And Ashley knows this because yeah, I like goals. Like when we when we started meeting, I'm like, I want to achieve this, and you're like, okay, well if that helps you, let's do it. <laughs> and, and so I I break up challenges into goals. So I have a goal of so in our fiscal year starts September one. I have a goal of raising one point two million dollars. Okay, well I don't need to start on that September two. Like we need to start on that April before. You know, that kind sure. of a thing. And I set myself benchmarks. And I'm fine with ex- external goals. That is absolutely fine. I tell most people, you don't need to do that with me because I, I'm i pretty aggressive with the goals. <laughs> you know, and and if I, if I don't achieve them, I'm really hard on myself for not achieving them. But I get organizationally, like my board of directors and all that stuff, and they've learned that. Um, the other thing that, that I put in, like to put in perspective of 
when I meet challenges, so I'm a, I like to think of myself as a student of history. So I'm a student of the Bible and I read Bible every day, yep. the whole Bible, not just New Testament, old and new. Then I also, I love history. So I've been studying um, presidential history for the last two plus years. And I started in um, the first administration with uh, uh, George Washington, but then I backed it up. I went, I need to go back to the founding of the country. Like, let's go back before that because those did not happen at the same time. And so backed it up a little bit. This all started when COVID hit. When COVID hit, I got really, down the rabbit hole. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> but I got was like the word unprecedented just really irritated me. Mm. I went, this has happened before. That word does not mean. So words, they have meaning to me. And that does not mean what they were saying it meant. So unprecedented means it had not happened, but it had happened in 1918. And <laughs> it went worldwide. And it actually happened before that, but that's a whole other thing. Um, and I said, how did leaders t- deal with that then? So I started reading about pastors that were alive during that time. I started reading about politicians. And then I got to Woodrow Wilson. He was the president during that time. And it was interesting to see how they traversed it. So then pivot. Wait, we're going through a lot of turmoil as a, as a humans right now. Mm-hmm. But to say that this hasn't happened before is kind of crazy. So then I started. So all that to say, I bet you I could tell you a name of a president <laughs> that you would not even know who they were. Oh, I'm sure. And they were the leader of the free world. So I put all this in perspective, not to put you down, Ashley, at all. <laughs> I, I said that, so Rutherford B. Hayes. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to have a test. I know. Did you not know that? I didn't study. You didn't get my I brief did not beforehand? Study. Oh, no. dang it. So Rutherford B. Hayes is actually one of my favorite presidents. My children make fun of his name. They think it's hilarious. He's the leader of a free world. Helped hold off the Civil War. Civil War would have happened a lot earlier if he hadn't done it. Nobody really knows who he is. Here's the last part when I meet challenges. That in the big scheme of existence, my life is but a blip. But True. in that blip, I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to do much. But I'm a blip. I can't tell you the name of my great-great-grandparents. I don't could barely tell you the names of my great-grandparents. And so in two generations from now, the best you're going to have is that maybe someone in your family remembers you. But let's make the best of what we have. Let's make the impact. And so from a faith perspective... That's where my faith is even more important because that is eternal. The things that I do on this earth, I have a friend, he's an architect in town, and he loves building these buildings. But he goes, John, I have this moment sometimes where I look at the building and go, it will be knocked down. I am toiling this much for someone, something that will be knocked down. And it's a good perspective for me to one, that I'm not Mr. Important. That I'm a person, I'm a man, and I have an opportunity to help people. Let me take that opportunity. So. I hope that doesn't hurt your new day thing, but no, I think that's like making the most of each new day. Like it really is. That's what I think. And like, I want to make an impact, but at the same time, that's okay. If nobody remembers me in two generations, I did the best I could here. And then I've got eternity. So we're good. And you are making a great impact. Mm, You really are. So how can people find out more about you, friends of the children here in Fargo? Sure. Sure. So, uh, with friends of the children, you go to friends of the children, Friends of the Children, Fargo Moorhead. That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> dot org. Um, you can just Google Friends of the Children, and with the it, you being local, you'll find the one here. Um, it has our story, has about our information. We've got six friends right now. We're about to scale up to nine. Wow. Um, I've got uh, three program people, or two program people, add to add, add a third one. So I mean, we're aggressively scaling to to meet the need. And then um, from the church perspective, because we just merged these churches, and it's just one incremental step after another, which is fine. 
sometimes I'm like a bull in a china shop, so I'm having to make myself not be that right now, is um, we don't currently have a website that you can go to Facebook, type in Journey Church Fargo-Moorhead. It will, will come up there. Um, if you ha- have an inkling to listen to a sermon, they're all online. You so. can hear more of John. You, you can hear more of John. <laughs> you can hear more of John. Just talking. Oh Well, thank you so much, John, for being here. It means so much to me that you would join me and... Yeah, I just I'm so glad you could share your story. Well, thank you. And I'm so excited about this. Like this whole new day thing, this is just perfect for you, Ashley. And I think you bring in like your faith and the fitness and your positive attitude and all that stuff. Like people are nice really going to be package. blessed. It, a nice Double. little This is the Ashley package here. This is what she does. <laughs> and I just think that's going to be such a neat thing to be out there. So, good for you and I'm excited to see where this goes. Thank you so much. And I'll come back if I didn't talk too much this time. <laughs> Wow, what a great episode. Thank you so much for joining me for New Day with Ashley. And remember to make the most of your new day.